It's not just Thursday, September 21st. It's game day here in the Bay Area. 49ers and Giants kicking off week three. And to kick off today's show, I'm going to bring in the co-host, the co-star, if you don't mind me saying, of a little something we like to call 49ers Wake Up. It's a show taking over the nation at 8 a.m. on YouTube, day after the Niners play. Boys and girls, gather around. Mr. Larry Kruger is here. What's going on, Larry? Good morning. Good morning good, to you. Good late morning, yes. Seriously, this is this is like brunch for us. We get going at 8 a.m. tomorrow, and we invite everybody there. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're notified. Larry and I taking over this town one week at a time, and uh, we are going to be on live at 8 a.m. to recap whatever the hell happens tonight at Levi Stadium. I know, Larry, you're looking forward to getting down there, so we're not going to keep you long, but I did want to bring you in for a little bit of a preview because, you know, nothing in the NFL is ever easy. And the minute you start thinking something is going to be easy, all of a sudden it turns out to be rather hard. Uh, this opened at 10. I have seen this line move to 12 and a half. Uh, uh, maybe it moves to 13, 14 even by kickoff. That's a huge, huge number. A lot of people are expecting the 49ers to just come out and mollywop the New York Giants tonight. Is that the direction you are leaning, Mr. Kruger? Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of unknowns going into this one. The Giants won't commit to whether or not Barkley's going to play, but there's no chance he should play. If he doesn't play, he's, not he's 40% of their offensive touches since the start of last year. So that is the biggest of big blows dealt to their offense. So, yeah, if, if, if Barkley doesn't go, that hurts the Giants. Now on the, on the Niners' side, is Brandon Ayuk going to go? How much is CMC going to wind up playing? Um, CMC's healthy, but you know, the, the Kyle has said that he wants to mix up his backs a little bit. I still think that the 49ers wind up winning this game. I'll say 35, 13. Um, so yeah, I think the cover, I think they'll, the Niners win the Niners cover this one, but the giants are a good football team, a uh, much better football team than, than they've shown in the first two weeks. I believe, I think that second half last week, and I went, I went through the all 22, of the Giants week one against Dallas and last week against Arizona. And what I saw was that the Giants almost no-showed the first six quarters of the season, but in the second half against Arizona, granted it's Arizona, Daniel Jones started playing like the Daniel Jones that we saw a year ago and not like the Daniel Jones we saw up until that point. And he's running, he ran the ball effectively, he went deep down the field to Jalen Hyatt, he made pass after pass to his two dependable big receivers and Darren Waller and Isaiah Hodgins. And I'll tell you the other, the key factor in this one is the blit, is the pass rush. The Giants in the first six quarters of football this year had no pass rush. And this was a team that was, you know, top half of the league in sacks last year. Well, guess what happened in the second half of the Arizona game? Uh, Wink Martindale, their defensive coordinator, brought the freaking house. He just kept blitzing and blitzing and blitzing. Jason Pinnock, they used him as a corner blitzer off the edge. He was involved in three or four run blitzes, a couple other blitzes as well. He wound up with 13 tackles and three tackles for loss. So to me, that's the issue or that's the question is um, can, you know, I, I do think the Niners are clearly the better team here, um, but expect the Giants to blitz like crazy and expect Brock Purdy to uh, to pick them apart once they do.
Larry, I had three like steps. This is how you beat the Giants. Step number one, make sure Saquon Barkley doesn't win somebody's fantasy league all by himself. It looks like it looks like medicine might handle Saquon Barkley. So probably that first box is already checked for the 49ers. I would be shocked to see Barkley, who has been diagnosed with a sprained ankle and is going to be out anywhere from three to four weeks. It's not a high ankle sprain, so it won't be that six to eight week level sprain, but he's not playing tonight. I don't care how coy the, the, the Giants are trying to be about it. So I think that first box is checked. Number two, don't let Daniel Jones throw for 321 yards and two touchdowns and then run for another 60 something yards and a touchdown. Just contain him. And I tell you, when it comes to putting pressure on Daniel Jones, everyone in the NFL does it. I know that a mobile quarterback frustrates the 49ers, but Daniel Jones has been hit as a quarterback the second most times in the NFL since the beginning of last season. So you can get to Daniel Jones, and we all know after a you know, frustrating week against uh, Matthew Stafford, who just had everything out before three Mississippi, they're looking to maybe lick their chops and chase a quarterback who wants to run around a little bit. So I like that advantage for the 49ers. And then it's real simple. Like, don't let Darren Waller be the best tight end on the field. Don't let Darren Waller have a massive game, you know, a 12-target, 8-catch, 130-yard, 2-touchdown kind of ridiculous game out of Darren Waller. And, and I don't see you know, rookie receiver Jalen Hyatt beating you with nothing but explosive plays tonight. I feel like the 49ers got the right corners and the right safety play to prevent that from happening multiple times should it happen once. And uh, I, I love the 49ers position tonight. I really do. This isn't trying to go into anything with arrogance or cockiness, but I saw this in all the notes that we get, you know, either from the Niners or in pregame, wherever you get your information from before you host your show. Uh, I saw that if the 49ers score 30 or more this week, which again, you're predicting, Larry, if yeah. the 49ers score 30 or more this week, they will have scored 30 or more points in six consecutive regular season games, which would be the most in franchise history. <laughs> yeah. like we and, have- and, you know, there is, you know, here's the one thing that stands out to me in this game. New York has allowed 273 rushing yards through two games, seventh most in football. They're giving up 136 a game on the ground. So I expect the 49ers will run the heck out of the ball. Yeah. But then the Giants are going to mix in these run blitzes with Pinnock coming off the edge. All right. Well, the key here is if you want to play the ball control game, you got to make it. You, you can't turn it over. Because if you if you if you shorten the game um, to to dominate against the run, and then you wind up turning it over, you're playing right into the Giants' hands. You're shortening the game. They want the game shortened. They can't score thirty. The Niners can. So if you take if you're Kyle Shanahan and you decide, you know what, we're going to go heavy run against a team that's having a hard time stopping the run, I I think um, that's fine. That's a great game plan keep uh, the you know New York offense on the sideline but you better get touchdowns and not field goals and you better not turn it over because if you do turn it over now you're basically shortening the game and letting a team that can't score you know have a chance to win based on you know a couple touchdowns you can't do that if you if you if you're going to be run dominant you have to get in the end zone right how do, how do the New York Giants stay alive in this game 
a massive disaster game on the 49ers part. I mean, it would, I don't think that if both teams play to their capabilities, the Giants got a shot here. The 49ers, but it's football, Damon. So it's like, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau could come flying around the corner, knock Brock Purdy on his can and suddenly get the right angle hit on him. And it's Sam Darnold time and all bets are off. So more than anything, I do like the idea of running the ball uh, on the Giants. But to me, the wild card here is can the can can Bosa and the Niner line sack Daniel Jones, or can Kayvon Thibodeau and the Giant line sack Brock Purdy? And to me, whoever gets the pass rush really dialed up is going to have a great chance to win. Thibodeau's off to a little bit of a disappointing start. I know that in New York radio, they've been talking about him being a touch overrated after the excitement they felt last year. He's off to a good start. He just hasn't put the numbers up yet. It's been, look, it's been a real frustrating start for the New York Giants this year. They got shut out the first six quarters of the season. Um, It took the greatest comeback in franchise history, 74 years in order to get past the Cardinals after an embarrassing opening night performance against the Dallas Cowboys. But they do come with like you said, some heat defensively when things are going well for them, starting with Thibodeau. Dexter Lawrence can play. Micah McFadden can play. Safety Xavier McKinney right now is leading them in pass breakups. There are other safeties leading the team in tackles. They're they're not unskilled, but the best of the Giants versus the best of the 49ers is a game the, the Niners win 9 out of 10 times. How does it become more than 9 out of 10 times? Well, turn the ball over, let Thibodeau create an injury that scrambles, you know, the mechanism of how you go about running your offense. Sure. That happens. That is football, but just straight up, nobody hurt. I love the 49ers position tonight. I really do. I I might not like them in any position as much as I like them tonight going for the regular season. And you normally don't say that leading up to uh, a, a short week. But I think that the Niners are cooking, the Giants are scrambling, they got their best player hurt, and it just, it's the home opener, so Levi Stadium is going to be as frosty as it's going to be all year. Uh, I, I just, I really like the Niners in this game, and like you said, would you say 34-13 or something like 35, that? 35-13, yeah. 35-13, it's, I mean, yeah, I, I, I look, I have a, a sort of a gambling uh, you know, the theme. Anytime you're getting 10 points in the NFL, take it. Right. Just take it and don't worry about it. Just just take it and feel good about it. And the odds are usually with you there. I I, I still like the, the 49ers to cover tonight. I do too. And um, you know, the thing about the 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 Niners and the Giants and the matchup, um, first of all, if you're going for betting trends, um Brock Purdy has played two night games in his career. He's 2-0. and Brock Purdy threw, played six night games in college at Iowa State. He went 6-0. and uh, Daniel Jones in primetime, nighttime affairs is 1-11. and 1-11. and So, um, you know, that favors the Niners. The two areas that really favor the Niners, though, is that the Niners have Debo, Ayuk, and, um, and Jawan Jennings real established big-time receivers, I believe, going up against a giant secondary that has two rookie corners. Trey Hawkins is a rookie. Deontay Banks has got great size. He's a rookie. Um, And to me, the real mismatch in this game 
is Juwan Jennings in the slot against a Dory Jackson. Or Dory Jackson is tiny but fast. Juwan Jennings is huge. And if you can if you can throw the ball high to Juwan Jennings, I think he could torch a Dory Jackson all day and all night. So I think it's major advantage Niner passing game against um, the the Giants secondary if the Niner O line can protect. And there is no Aziz Ojolari. He's out. So it's really more about can you block two guys on that front. Leonard Williams, who's got a little bit of pass rush to him, and, and Thibodeau, Thibodeau. And as you mentioned, Thibodeau's been off to a slow start. The other angle I love on this one is that the Niner D-line is the strength of their team. Um, and the Giants on the offensive line, Andrew Thomas, their left tackle's out. Um, ben Bredersen, the left guard, I believe is out. The guy who sat in, sat in last week for uh, Bredersen, Joshua Azudu, Azedu, uh, had a nightmarish game. He had like three penalties. He he, he struggled the whole game. Uh, Matthew Pert, the the UConn tackle, steps in for Andrew Thomas. Uh, is not that mobile. And then um, they got a rookie center who's a good one though. John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota. And then Glowinski, If you watched any of that first game against Dallas, the starting right guard, he gave up three sacks and just got torched. So Evan Neal's real young. He was a first-round pick, but just last year. So, I mean, they're, they have a really young, really inexperienced, really banged-up offensive line going up against the best defensive line in pro football. Larry, so, you make it down to uh, Santa Clara, you know, every every time they're open for media yeah. availability. Uh, as you walked around, as you talked to players this week, as you sat through a few press conferences, what were your main takeaways? Uh, this is obviously a team that is – it's got to be thrilled with the way that they've started the year. They're 2-0, and a win in the division, haven't played a home game yet, and they're home with relative health. You know, even with Ayuk, a little bit of a question mark tonight. I think he plays. I mean, Ayuk, you know, it's the old, are you injured or are you hurt? He might be hurt a little, but he's not injured. I think he plays tonight, um, unless they really are, are sort of looking past the New York Giants, thinking it's a rest spot for him. Um, which I, I I don't think Kyle takes his opponents lightly, not ever. What were your impressions around Santa Clara this week? Well, you know, it's it's such a weird week, Damon, because football is so much about the process of football. Right, routine. And and you know, there the process gets totally screwed up in I mean, think about this. You you played Sunday, you 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 know, you got your bumps and your bruises, um, you go to bed. Right. You get up that, short flight home, right? <laughs> yeah, you get up Monday though, and you're feeling like hell. And that's that's the life of an NFL player, and so that's their situation. They're all feeling like hell. They're watching the film, um, and they're and they're still trying to lick their wounds. Tuesday is like the you know first of all, and the coaches, by the way, they got off the plane at you know SFO um, or San Jose or wherever they they fly to, and then they just go right back to the office. I mean, right. literally all the coaches. It's like they have not seen their families. I guarantee you. So they they play Sunday. They win Sunday. They get on a plane. The coaches go back to the facility. The players go lay down. Uh, the players then wake up Monday. They're sore. They're banged up. They're watching the film. The the coaches have already watched the film. They got a day to kind of wrap it all up and look ahead. Tuesday is like was the day we were there. That's like their in you know first down, second down, third down. All has to be installed in one day. The entire plan has to be installed, which means the coaches had to inst- come up with it on Monday, and in, and the players get it installed on Tuesday. Um, and then yesterday, it's just a, it's an off day, and they're just getting ready for this thing. So it's almost kind of like 
in college when you just had that all nighter type situation where you're like, Hey man, I'll, I'll catch up on sleep later. And so all, and, and, I, and this was, I asked Nick Bose about this, Damon. I'm like, you know, these guys are creatures of habit. I'm like, what part of your prep gets cut out on a short week like this? And he's like, well, there's no practice really. We just have a walkthrough. Um, all, I, I don't do the same lifting that I would normally do. Um, it's really just about rest and recuperation. I will say this though, if you're going to have the Thursday game, you want it early in the year because there's you, you're fresher, you're, you can get by a little bit easier. I think the quality, if you noticed as an observer of the Thursday night affairs get worse and worse and worse, the way, the longer the season goes. Uh, because their bodies are fatigued and they need that time to rest as the season goes on. If you're going to play Thursday after a Sunday, you want to do it right now, week two, or you know as early as possible. So, um, but yeah, I think it's 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 a little bit of like, hey, we know we're good, um, we know we've got an advantage here, but we're all we're, you know it's very it's like a very business like uh, um, attitude down in Santa Clara, like. Hey, we just gotta, you know, we just gotta, we just gotta struggle through, push through, and rest later, um, and and then they'll get the benefit off the back end, right? They'll play tonight, they'll then they they'll they'll shut it down, and they don't play again for ten days. So, um, you know, it's 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 literally Shanahan and the coaches are gassed. Um, the 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 players are are just, you know, they're cutting out all the lifting and they're trying to just do stretching and walkthroughs and and prepping their mind for for the game but a lot of their routine is just severely altered in a week like this uh is there happiness in that secondary after uh a, a week where you know we, we we saw i mean look this team right now has what four interceptions through two games so you'd think that they'd be pretty happy with the production that they're getting but kyle shanahan is always looking at things on tape that he doesn't like and they went out and they signed anthony brown a corner what was he off the the Steelers practice, practice squad? Yeah, that where they found him. I can tell you where they also might have found him. Um, Purdue. I mean, I'm I'm never going to get that excited about signing a player from Purdue, Larry. I just you know go Hoosiers can't do it. But he did. Uh, he, he, why? Why did the 49ers add a corner this week when it seems like they're getting pretty good production from uh, corners? Diamador Lenore. Uh, we saw. Um, you know, a, a, a rough performance in week one sort of get corrected in week two. So why the signing? Well, because they're really, they've, they've taken, you know, several injuries there. Um, you know, Mooney's always, Mooney Ward always has the groin and it's like, he's, he's, he's going hundred percent right now. So he's okay. Isaiah, Isaiah Oliver's playing well at the nickel spot coming off his best game as a Niner, but Diamador Lenore, is dinged up a little bit. He's not quite 100%, though I do expect him to go tonight. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Do they not have faith in Womack to just step in and, He's and hurt. be the guy? He's on IR. Oh, pardon me. Yeah, well, that's part of it. Womack's on IR, um, and, you know, he's he's got an injury, so he's not he's out for six to eight weeks. They cut Deshaun Jameson in camp, so he, he found his way to Carolina at the cutdown. Ambry Thomas has got a knee injury, and I don't know if he's going to be able to go tonight. So they signed Anthony Brown, and and they also have Trey Swilling, who they like, but you know he's very inexperienced. Um, they so they signed Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown's an interesting story. Coming out of Purdue, he ran four three five. He had nineteen reps at two twenty five. He had a thirty five and a half inch vertical. 
Um, really, really great athlete. Dallas took him. He's been in Dallas. Well, last year, the same week that Brock Purdy took over as the quarterback, week 13, he went down and tore his Achilles. And here we are, September 21st of the next year. That used to be like a year and a half injury for sure. Then it was a year-long deal. This guy has, has made the recovery. So he's coming off an Achilles. The, I asked him this week because I had a chance to talk to him. I'm like, how are you, you know, physically? And he's like, he doesn't feel like he's lost that much. Um, so he, you know, and he may go this week. I don't know that he's got to go because he just flew in, had to pass the physical and this and that, but they're just looking for reinforcements. They made a bad decision cutting Deshaun Jameson. They didn't know they were going to suffer injuries at this spot. They appeared uh, to be very deep at corner coming into the year. So they went with an extra offensive lineman and they cut Jameson. Right now, they would die to have Deshaun Jameson. He would play significantly tonight if he were here. So, I mean, that was just kind of kind of a, a, a bad decision. I mean, you know, in hindsight, now we have the ability of 2020 hindsight. But, yeah, they're, you know, Lenore's dinged. Ambry's more dinged. Um, and they just, you can't, you got to have corners in this league. So, Anthony Brent, they worked out Bradley Roby. Uh, he's 31 and maybe wasn't in great shape. I don't know. He's also had some injuries. They they looked at Brown and they decided to go with Brown. He's only 29, so he's still kind of in the pseudo prime of his career, but he's coming off an Achilles. So he 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 says that he's healthy and we'll see. We'll see if he goes tonight. Are uh, are you satisfied with the way that the right side of the line is coming together? I, I kind of am. I thought that Colton McKivitz, you know, it's it's amazing how much better players look when they're not playing directly against T.J. Watt. He had a couple one-on-ones with Aaron Donald I saw on the replay. Uh, dude, I don't know what it is about how the 49ers just have – they've got Aaron Donald figured out. Uh, they really do. I mean, from the Daniel Brunskill jokes that we used to tell to now Colton McKivitz winning one-on-ones against Aaron McDonald, I, I thought the right side of the line in the Rams game appointed itself much better, worlds better than it did in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, well, I think it's a combination of all the shifts and motions. There's a lot of eye candy. I think that slows down Aaron Donald a little bit because you got to read and react a little bit to what the Niners are doing on each and every play. And then I think they ran away from Aaron Donald as much as they could. I mean, I, every time I looked up, um, when he was getting penetration, they're running the other way. So I think they fool him at times. They 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 give they show him looks where he feels like he's going to get penetration into the backfield, and then they run away from him. They just don't. I mean, on a line that doesn't have really anybody else besides Aaron Donald that scares you, he's much easier to neutralize. But you're right. Uh, Brunskill did a great job against him. Forster always has a really good plan. You asked about McKivitz and Burford. I like McKivitz and Burford. I think Burford is going to be a plug-and-play guard for the next ten years, and I think McKivitz in an ideal world is probably more like your, your, you know, your one, your top backup offensive lineman. But he's starting at right tackle. But he's smart. He's competitive. He doesn't get afraid in the moment. Um, he's going to lose some snaps, but the nice thing is he's not going to mentally implode if he does. Um, so he's a very, he's a very mentally durable. Uh, player. Uh, he lacks some arm length. He lacks some foot speed. He lacks some overall, you know, tackle size. But, um, you know, he's he, he'll battle. He'll battle. I think he's going to battle all year. Uh, and I, to me, I have more concerns 
in other spots. I have more concerns about the Niners in the secondary. I got more concerns about the Niners' health. I got more concerns about the Niners' backup defensive ends than I do about the right side of the line. Uh, how's your mental durability doing? My mental durability is strong to very strong. Well, good, because we're going to be using what's in between our ears frequently in the next 24 hours. Let me tell you what's going on. My friend Larry Kruger and I will be up at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning for 49ers Wake Up, brought to you by Palmetto Superfoods, and we are going to be giving you the single best day after 49ers coverage that you are going to get absolutely anywhere. Larry and I are really good in postgame, but you give these two guys a night to sleep on it and think about it, that's when they get real dangerous. So I know you're going to be doing post-game uh, after you get out of the locker room and a quick post-game press conference, and you're going to be going live from the stadium tonight, Larry, on uh, on the Krug channel. I am going to be firing things up right at the two-minute warning, trying to jump the line, get going on uh, post-game shows. So we're going to be watching the end of this game together over on the Plus and doing a post-game, and then you and I are coming together for the mother of all day-after shows on we two this week. My goodness, at you fast. It's a lot of that's a lot of ACE bowls. That's a lot of ACE bowls. Um, I, I will say this you know, one of the, one thing to look for tonight, and we'll be t- discussing it tomorrow morning, I'm sure. In the first half against the Rams, um, it was Stafford playing pitch and catch with that r- rookie receiver, Puka Nakua. And I, I was shocked that the Niners' coverage on him was so soft because the film showed the week before that exactly what Stafford did with Nakua to the Niners in the first half, he had done the week before. So the Niners were kind of slow to react. They had kind of soft coverage. They went to they went from a zone in the first half to a man-to-man coverage in the second half, and they hugged up on Nakua and hit him more and uh, and took that away from the Rams. I'm interested to see now with the new defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, um, how much man-to-man do the Niners play, you know, in, in, in tonight's game? Is it, is it a lot of – I'll be watching on the, on the binoculars as far as coverages. Do they play a lot of zone? They like to play a lot of zone. They've, typically, Steve likes the cover three with a single high safety. Do they play a lot of cover three tonight, or do they man up on, on the Giants' receivers? Um, do they play more man if they get a little pass rush? I'm eager to see the coverage on the back end tonight, and that'll be something we'll be talking about in the morning for sure. Look, we're going to be able to start previewing what the rest of the league is going to look like because week three begins tonight in Santa Clara at Levi's Stadium. The 49ers got the stage all to themselves, and then a really interesting Sunday slate rolls out, Larry. I mean, seriously, this is a, you know, you got to love this league. They really offer up slices of interesting somehow, some way. Every single time you look at a schedule, you're like, man, I want to watch that game. I want to watch that game. No wonder why the red zone is such good, such good business to be in and, and Sunday ticketing and everyone wants it because there's games here I want to watch. Falcons at Lions. I mean, so schedule comes out. You don't even look twice at that. By week three this year, Falcons at Lions is sneaky interesting for that tier two line of MS uh, of NFC supremacy. You know, we're both of these teams fancy themselves pretty good. It's kind of a show me what you got game between the two of them. Uh, Dolphins Broncos is interesting because of the situation the Dolphins find themselves in looking really good. The Broncos find themselves in, even though they've improved, they're 0-2 by a grand total of three points. So they're not happy about that. You got your desperation bowl between the Chargers and Vikings, both 0-2. 
Steelers, Raiders, Sunday night football. I think that's going to be good. Yeah, that's a big AFC game early in the year. It really is. So, um, you, you Rams, know. Bengals on the Monday night doubleheader. You got yeah. Zach Taylor going against Sean McVay and McVay's Buccaneers. And, and, the, the and the Bengals got to get a win, man. Yeah. And the Rams are really the Rams are really underrated. I I think the one takeaway from last week we should mention here: Stafford's real, Nakua's real, Atwell's real, Kyron Robbins, Kyron Williams is real. The Rams have some some elements to them. They're going to win some games. And, um, you know, Bengals are desperate here. They're 0-2. They've already lost a game at home. Uh, Burrow has not looked good. You know, so that's that one is really interesting, I think. And then and then Eagles have are 2-0, but they haven't looked great. And they'll be in, in Florida uh, to take on Tampa. And Tampa's kind of a sleeper team. Mike Evans is playing well. Baker's playing well. Bucks are 2-0. It's always tough. Remember this, if you're wagering on any of these games, it's really tough to go into the state of Florida in September and win games. It's just that climate. Like Texans are in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. Texans play indoors. I mean, they're coming from Texas. That's obviously Houston's hot as hell, too. But, I mean, it's just really tough for a lot of teams to go into the state of Florida. Broncos are 0-2, go into Miami. I think that's going to be... I think I think Broncos are going to be zero and three. I think Sean Payton upset the football gods when he trashed uh, the former Bronco coach at the opening press conference. That's bad form, man. You just don't do that. And um, I think the Dolphins are going to three and zero. That to me, that's the game I'll be watching Sunday morning. Last question about the Los Angeles Rams until they come back around on the schedule for the 49ers. What do you think was the breakdown between McVeigh and Cam Akers? It feels like the two of them should have gotten along. feels like the two of them, when they were on the same page, they had a pretty decent amount of production. But there were months and gulfs of misunderstanding between these two. Last year, it haunted them in week one where Akers did not have a good game. McVay was not happy. Healthy scratch in week two, traded to the Minnesota Vikings. How about that? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I have no idea what the source of discontent was. Um, you know, I really, I don't know the personality of Cam Akers at all. I mean, I like Akers as a player. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it will definitely help Minnesota to have another back. I mean, you know, Minnesota was down to Madison and Ty Chandler and, you know, Minnesota fashions themselves as a contender. So I think ultimately, what was the compensation going back? Did you see? Uh, it's a sixth rounder. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean. It's, it's a win Akers for the Vikings. And, it's Cam Akers in a sixth rounder to Minnesota for a sixth rounder. Yeah. No, I mean, pff, wow. That's a great steal for Minnesota because Minnesota's got, you know, Jefferson and this rookie receiver, Jordan Addison, and and Cousins is obviously, you know, in, in the prime of his career. Um, and they, they you know, they, they, they need to have a balanced offense. And now Akers, I, I bet you Akers winds up being good in Minnesota. By the way, do you see what a – mess they got going on at Hallis Hall in Chicago. They just had Alan Williams, their defensive coordinator, resign on Wednesday. There were rumors that police even might have raided his house or the FBI had come into Hallis Hall. No one knows what the hell happened. The Bears are denying, denying that there was any law enforcement involved. Uh, Matt Eberflus has got his quarterback, Justin Fields, walking back statements that he's being coached improperly 
And like everyone's even saying like Fields might be right about that. He might be wrong about that. But everything that you're looking at, at with the Bears in a year where they were supposed to turn a corner credibility two weeks in, it's a fucking dumpster fire, Larry. And they got they, you know, Eberflus is out there today going, you know, look, we're you know, I, I'm going to call defensive plays. No big deal here. We got a lot of good coaches. They're trying to pretend or make normal a defensive coordinator resigning after two weeks of football. No big deal. What a disaster. I swear to God. Well, I'll tell you, that's my favorite. If you said, give me your wager of the week, my favorite wager of the week is going to be a two-team teaser on the Niners and the Chiefs. To me, the Niners are going to win this game for sure tonight. It's just a matter of do they cover that 10.5. If, if you can get Niners minus three, uh, on the tees and then turn around and, and add the Chiefs to it and do, you know, Chiefs minus, what, five and a half or something like that at home against the Bears. I think that's the best bet of the weekend. It sounds like money in the bank, honey. It really does. Uh, look, you and I got football down on lock. I got a post-game show tonight starting at the two-minute warning. You got a big post-game show that'll be coming from the stadium. You and I, tomorrow morning, 49ers wake up. We got about 180 people in the room right now. Larry, that's a good number for me. I know not necessarily a great number for you, but I'm asking every single one of those people, hit like, hit subscribe, hit notify, and be ready for the multi-channel simulcast glory that is 49ers wake up beginning at 8 a.m. Friday tomorrow. We're really looking forward to having everyone here. Before I let you go, I know you got a big busy day. I just got to ask you, have you felt the tide turn, Larry? I'm not talking about the New York Giants. I'm talking about the San Francisco Giants. There's always a, a, you know, when things start going wrong, it feels like, you know, the very soft Bay Area laying everyone down as gently as possible in bed is like, oh, I got to come up with my I'm angry. This team's bad column out of nowhere. And we're getting that out of like Baggerly and Slesser. And all of a sudden there is a huge, hey, these guys might not be as good as we thought all year. Momentum swing going through the Bay Area media. Um, Andrew Baggerly today takes out his poor Logan Webb. He deserves better than this knife and goes to work in the athletic this morning. It's look, I, 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 I dropped a fire. I'm not even lying. It's a fire video, but I saw it, but here's the deal. People aren't even responding to it because that's how out on the San Francisco Giants people have become. It's a great video. It should have ten thousand views. It's maybe got a thousand. I don't even know. It's it's. I'm it's, doing one. I'm, I'm as soon as we're done with this. I'm doing one right now on on the exact same topic. And you know, it's funny. It's like the Giants have gone nine years without winning a playoff series. Nine years. If you're just, just all I gotta say to anybody, and I've, I've been I've been telling everybody um, that this, you know, I've been crapping on Kapler and Farhan and saying that this is this regime is just just a joke for a good part of the summer, and I've been taking some criticism and some pushback from the Giants fans, but the Giants at the end of the day, if Charles Johnson and these owners really are gonna stay with this this regime, then they deserve whatever they get because the Giants have lost. 26% of their audience since 2016, 26% More than over a quarter. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Over a quarter of their audience is gone. 
I mean, only their flagship radio station can can lose an audience faster than that. And that is absolutely an unbelievable loss. 26% of your paying customers since 2016. That can't continue. It absolutely cannot continue. And I just think of Brian Sabian and Ned Coletti. And those guys have, they, I remember when I would talk to them in the nineties and they'd be like, Krug, we can't win 75 games. We had, cause at that point in the nineties, they were trying to get the momentum for the ballpark. It's like, we can't have a 75 win season. We have to be competitive all the way through. And it's like the giants, if they try to trump out this, well, look, we, we didn't actually get eliminated from playoff competition until, you know, September 28th or something like that. Look at us. You have been irrelevant all year, all year. And only, and only MLB adding wildcard teams is the only thing that has kept you even in any way connected to any relevance at all. I like Farhan. He's nice. He's a nice nerd, but he's a nerd, and he's maybe the worst salesperson in the history of, of sales. He's constantly over-promising and under-delivering to Giants fans at every turn. Um, as far as Kapler goes, I mean, he's got to be the most unlikable manager of all time. I mean, you almost cannot find a player who who's played for him that will compliment him on the record. Um, I think he's equal parts nauseating narcissist, a wannabe intellectual, and one of the most disingenuous people I've ever come across in 30 years of covering Bay Area sports. And other than that, hold, he's hold awesome. On, hold on, though. But, Larry, other than that, honestly, if you told me, so you get to choose, only one goes, the other stays, I'm keeping Kapler. And I'm not saying you're wrong about a single thing you just said. He's an odd duck for sure. But I'm keeping Kapler and getting rid of Farhan. Farhan's the problem. Farhan has ignited a level of boring algorithm that is, I mean, it, the San Francisco Giants are like rooting for calculus. It's like rooting for trigonometry. He is. He sets everything in place. So I hear what you're saying, but he's more, he at least has some likability as a person around him. I, I've been in the dugout. I've, I've been at spring training. I've seen the way the players interact around Cap. I've seen the way the coaches interact around Cap. I've seen the way the, the media has tiptoed around him. The manager, in a lot of ways in baseball, is part, especially on a faceless, nameless bunch like the Giants, right. becomes the face. And the Giants can't have Gabe Kapler as their public face. I mean, my God, he's the most unlikable guy there is. And and I and people are like, what did he do to you, Krug? Nothing. He's just fake. And 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 I I've never met a player who said, you know what? I really love Gabe. And I've never really even met a player who said that I really love Faron. They there are players that feel like they're effective, but I've never heard anybody actually say that they really think they're they they really like these guys. There's no conviction. Um, so I don't know. I mean, to me, they came in as a, as a tandem. They should go out as a tandem. Probably actually, they didn't come in as a tandem cause he had Bochi, but I mean, Farhan right. handpicked Gabe. Um, I, I, to me, they both should go. I, the one thing I can say in Gabe's, uh, or in, uh, Farhan's, uh, you know, corner is that he's got Patrick Bailey. He did draft Patrick Bailey. Bailey is a great young catcher. They do have more prospects in their farm system than they had during the Bobby Evans end of the Sabian era. So there is some, um, there's something to, to Farhan's methodology in the minor leagues. 
I think in an ideal world, he's like the director of player development, or he's like a farm director, or he's like, you know, somebody in your system that helps your, your farm system, but he should not be the, he should not be the architect, right? He should be a behind closed doors accountant, not the forward facing money manager. You know, right. like you Billy said. had him in the right spot. Right. He did. He did. And the Dodgers had him in the right spot. Right. He's it was over, Friedman's show, but Farhan was the guy making some smart decisions behind the behind closed doors. But um I mean, more than anything, the at the end of the day, sports is supposed to be entertainment. Okay. Um you know, ESPN was the, you know, entertain sports and entertainment. That's part of it, right? I mean, um, you got to be entertaining. I mean, it's like if you're not entertaining, you have no audience. The Giants at best have been effective at times. Um, and it's just it's it, it's it's a it's a t- it's a tough watch. Um, how many times can Farhan possibly say you know, talk up what they're going to do at a trade deadline. He should never be listened to again. He's the boy that cried wolf. I mean, literally Giants fans were okay to not expect a whole lot until Farhan started talking in June going, yeah, we're going to do everything in our power at the trade deadline. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You got A.J. Pollock, and you you got no hits, and you cut him like six weeks later. And what did he do? He plugged a hole that Elliot Ramos could have filled. I mean, it's just... This, you know, the promotion, the demotion, their back and forth, the incremental improvements, they're, they've created a chaotic feel around their club because nobody knows if they're coming or going. Uh, it's an, it, They've got some young players. I mean, who doesn't see that the Giants' positive story this year was the emergence of the young players? And instead of going with it and leaning into it, they kept hedging and going back to these Slaters and Yazes, and it's like those guys are stopgap until you got the Elliot Ramoses and the Luis Matoses. Once you had those guys, Matos and Ramos and Bailey and and you know uh, Sch- Schmidt and all these guys ready to roll, go with them and take your lumps. And who cares where you finish? Give them experience now. You got to keep Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Jack and those guys back and forth. I mean, they just sent Kyle Harrison down the other day. Uh, to me, I don't get that. Like when you got a guy who's clearly got major league stuff and you give him a taste of major league action, if he's got self-confidence about him, just say, kid, just pitch through the licks that you're taking. This year is a little squirrely for everyone. So, you know, just we're, we're going to keep you up here to send him back. It's just it's I don't get it. I really don't get it. Well, here, here's the other. I mean, the guy that I would mention is Tom Glavin. I mean, Tom Glavin's a. 300 win pitcher, Hall of Famer. Right. Tom Glavin came up in 1987 with the Braves. He went two and four with a 554. 1988, he comes up with, he gets his first full year in the big leagues. He's 22. He goes seven and 17. They didn't send him down, they let him figure it out. What did he do the next year? 14 and eight. Two years later, he's winning 20 games in a row, three years in a row and on, on his way to a Hall of Fame career. The, it takes a while to figure it out. If you never let these guys ever figure it out, um, and you don't, it's not like they have to figure it out in Sacramento. It doesn't like they have to be banished to the minor leagues to figure it out. Well, and what this team, Larry, doesn't know about pitching is just about everything when it comes to developing a starting pitcher. The yeah. Verducci piece. It was, oh, I know. Verducci uh, crushed him. 
straight up takedown on the way you go about managing a pitching staff and treating them like grown men. And he basically said, you know, giant starters are asked to not lose games. They're not asked to win them. And then they go with this weird concept of opener Logan Webb. Look, this guy ate a ton of innings this year. He leads the major leagues in quality starts. I've been calling him Matt Cain Part 2 Electric Boogaloo all year because he's good enough to intimidate his own lineup. There's way too many moving parts. You can talk about the matchups that they win, but the truth is no one has ever correctly reinvented Major League Baseball. You can introduce a new idea or a new trend, but when you try to reinvent the game, you go nowhere fast. And that's where, to me, Farhan and company have created the biggest crime of their entire regime. They're trying to Tampa Bay Ray a team that has decided decades ago to not be like that. Don't don't play like that. It's like this team watched the three World Series seasons under Bochi and said, "Well, let's stop doing that. Let's have let's stop having our starting pitching define us and our defense define us in favor of all these little candy ass matchups where you got a a a fraction of a percent chance better with this guy than that guy, even though that guy is riding a five for eight streak with two home runs. He's got to sit down today. I mean, it just." It's so stupid. It's just unbelievable. Verducci put the absolute perfect words to describe this entire regime, and it's in the first sentence of his article. Tedious but efficient. Yeah. Baseball is entertainment. It cannot be tedious. It cannot be tedious. The Giants are tedious. Especially with the new rules and the new clock. And that's another thing that Verducci, I think, correctly pointed out, too, that, you know, Farhan is supposed to be his greatest strength is market inefficiencies and being a step ahead of trends. Farhan got caught flat footed on the trend of speeding up baseball because of the clock. And the Giants have the slowest team in the National League by far, one of the three slowest teams in the entire major league. Uh, system. I mean, they're just, they're not they're they're they've got a bloated payroll just with bad decisions. They inherited a bloated payroll, and now they've created their own bloated payroll. They 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 were supposed to be the answer to the bloated payroll, and now they're just a boring version of the bloated payroll. They overpaid Manaya. They overpaid Stripling. They overpaid Disclafani. They overpaid Jock Peterson. Right, guys they're paying all these donkeys it. huge dollars, and the team is a colossal bore and guess what their fans have tuned them out and they've done it very politely because it's san francisco see in philly or one of these towns across boston they rake you and they drag you and they call the sports radio and they're they're the red sox the phillies here guess what they do they just go on a bike ride with their wife you know <laughs> well, here they, do, they don't bother calling sports radio they just you know they go play catch in the front yard with their kid it took the it people to... it's the silent that's the silent uh you know criticism of giants fans they're not engaged like they used to be and i if you don't believe me go look at any comment section on that verducci article go look at the comments that that you got on your video when i make this video this morning and i and i take and i absolutely destroy them go read the comments and what you're going to read in those comments i turned this team off a year ago 
Right. I'm not. There's like giant fans without anybody calling for a boycott. There's giants fans announcing that they have invented their own boycott. How stupid is Charles Johnson and the people that run this team that they're just going to ignore that? And you're going to, before this nightmare, tedious, ugly season that where you're in playoff contention, but nobody, you really have no shot in hell. You're already saying these guys are coming back. Well, guess what? Guess who isn't coming back? Me. I'm not coming back. And neither are lots and lots of fans. And they'll just sit it out with their hands, with their with their money. They may watch a game here. They may listen there. They may dabble in it a little bit. But they're not wed to you, and they're not fired up about you. They're not excited about Gabe. They're not excited about Farhan. Um, it, it's, you know, not to mention all these... We're going after Judge, dragged by the nose, denied. We're going after Correa, dragged by the nose. We're going after Stanton. We're going after Harper. We're going after... If I hear one person related to the Giants even say the either the word Shohei or Otani, I literally am going to drop him with a right. I'm just going to be like, shut the fuck up. He ain't coming here. All right? Stop Stop, stop. And all these people are going, well, here's the other delusion. I've heard I heard this the other day as I was listening to the Giants leader driving down the road. Well, you know what? Maybe the better fit would be Cody Bellinger. You're not getting either. You're not getting Bellinger or Otani. You know, you're gonna get nothing and like it. So get used to it. This whole well, maybe they're not gonna get Otani now, but they'll get Bellinger. No, they're not. They're not getting these guys. Sounds nobody like wants to play for Gabe. Nobody wants to live in. Nobody wants to live in Northern California in a downtown ballpark where they got to step over needles and and homeless people. And it's just it's a it's a shit show, and everybody knows it. You Farhan, the only truth that we've actually heard from this organization was when Farhan came out and admitted publicly that players don't even want to come visit them to consider their multi million dollar offer because their wives don't want to be here. These guys, the most of these ball players are conservative. They come out of Arizona. They're coming out of Florida. Their wives make the decision. They're watching video of feces and needles and all kinds of stuff in San Francisco. I guarantee you the Giants have to overpay to win over the wives of Major League Baseball players. Those are the people that ultimately make the decision. And, and, and nobody's going to separate from their family. It's too long of a season. Maybe in, in other sports they would separate from their family. Hey, honey, you want you live here and you just come in for no. It's a baseball season. It's too long. So what do they do? They're like, well, we're gonna have to move there. And this award, they don't want to live here. None of these people want to live here. They don't want to play for this manager. They don't want to live in this city. They, you know, they don't want to. They don't. They, they can read Verducci and they can see it's tedious. Why do they want to play on a team that's tedious? And why do you want to be the one star? on a team that's going to finish middle of the pack. So what, everybody can say how disappointing you are? And if you're selling postseason in a World Series run, you can't sell that. You haven't even won a playoff series in this entire regime. I mean, it's just, it's it's unfreaking believable If I own this team, I literally, I would, I would fire everybody, and I would go bring Usher in a whole new era. I would lean on some of the past. I'd, I'd want, I want smart tough, passionate winners, not, not guys with, you know, Apple watches who are eating, you know, eating in the dugout all throughout September. And, and I, I tweeted that earlier today. 
you know, Kapler, Kapler's eating in the dugout. And people are like, Whoa, there's a million things you could rake him over the coals for. Eating in the dugout, that's unprofessional. That's unprofessional. I can't tell you how upset it made the Giants executives when they would see a manager eating in the dugout in years gone by. Now I tune in the other day, he's drinking a Starbucks in the, in the dugout. He's, you know, he's munching an apple in the dugout. I mean, Kapler, Kapler's got to go, man. I mean, Kapler's got to go. When you're eating in the dugout, it's time to go. I'm going to tell you right now, Larry, you don't need to tape uh, any giant video. I, I can just send you the raw footage of the last 15 minutes of our conversation. I mean, There's a video right there. Seriously. Uh, it would get tons of hits. Rock and, New Era, Rock and New Era 84 says Larry with a steel chair. Look at you, man. You are fired up about this. I brought it up. I'm a Giants fan, and I'm really upset by this because you know what? They didn't. They they the whole this whole regime is built on a fucking lie, and the lie was that Bochy doesn't want to do this anymore. Sabes doesn't want to do this anymore. Those guys gave you three World Series, and you kicked them to the curb for this. Look, all I can tell you is that Charles Johnson is an absentee owner. He is either. Uh, in Cape Cod trying to run off a tiny restaurant that opened up too close to his house, or he's a Florida millionaire fuck who is funding Herschel Walker senatorial campaigns and giving money to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like these, the, Charles Johnson and his family are a family of assholes. There's no, I'm, I'm going to you, you show who you are when you make contributions like that. And so they're literally, they run in opposite direction of the way the city of San Francisco thinks. But what might be the saving grace, the only way to grab a billionaire asshole by the balls is to threaten them with money. And the fact that one in four Giants fans who would show up in 2016 is no longer showing up, maybe that will get them off their couch and think, we need to rethink this whole thing. Because that is the only thing that these owners really understand. Whether the Giants win or lose games, kind of irrelevant. I mean, let's be honest. It's kind of irrelevant. Well, they're it's, making, it, you know, it's in just, you know, the overall franchise value increasing by the day. They're making money hand over fist. So I mean, it's, it's, it's frustrating, Damon, because yeah. you know what? The people on this team... Are, have been already put in such an ideal financial position by the people that, by the management that preceded this, that they own their own ballpark. It's all pure profit. They're making hand over, they're making money hand over fist. Even if there's, even if the seats are empty, they're still making a ton. So they, they, they're renovating the entire south part of the city. The eastern waterfront from the ballpark to Candlestick will all be renovated in the next, you know, in the, in, in the, in the waning years of our lifetime, um, you know, uh, in the next four decades. It's all, and, and they own all of it. So it's like, you know what, it, it doesn't, the, the urgency to win, it's like, eh. I've got. I, do I need to win? I've, look at here. I got three rings. I already right. got three rings. I only have four fingers. You Here's know the I thing: mean? none of you got three rings. No one involved with this team anymore, except for Brandon Crawford has three rings. Right. And we might not see uh, Brandon Bear Crawford. has three rings, huh? Larry Bear has three rings. Larry Bear has three rings, but I don't think the Jackets ownership group has three rings, and they got money in the bank. Let me ask. And, you and then at this point, it's like to sit there and keep going down this road. It's like, you know what? There's I you, I'm going to say something here that I would n I've never said before 
and I firmly believe it, I could do better. I could do better. Larry Kruger, lifetime talk show host, I could do better. I if 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 they if they threw a if they do a if they threw a holiday fogger in the in the Giants corporate offices and everything died in three years in three three days I should say and there was nothing and I had to build the thing from the ground up I could do better a talk show host just simply on passion baseball knowledge and and knowing what got them the three titles beforehand seeing that template living through it. Larry Kruger could do better. You know, Larry, I dude, I didn't know this was in you anymore, man. I thought that the Giants, had, it, like you had died a little on the inside. And the I haven't seen you this fired up about anything in over. You know how passionate I am. My my late father, uh, George Kruger, brought me to Giants games when I was four years old. I used to get on the ballpark bus. I used to get on the El Terravel. I lived in the Sunset, El Terravel to 19th, 19th Avenue. I probably rubbed shoulders with Larry Bear on the ballpark bus going out to the ballpark. I was going out there with my, se- with my brother in like <laughs> 1975. I'm super passionate about the Giants. I would be, I'm so turned off by Kapler, Farhan, and this this bean counting regime that I've just I, I have I haven't boycotted. I watch I still watch. I tape every game. I try to watch it, but it's the equivalent of video NyQuil. I'm so I'm so proud to be a San Franciscan and so proud to be a Giants fan and I would never root for any other team. But I'm so done with this group. And you know, it's just I'm so done with a tedious tedious is what it's been for and it needs to a end mutual fund. He said, it's like rooting for a mutual fund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, there you go. That's it. I mean, and, and Verducci is not a henchman. No, he's not like one of these guys that every year Verducci drags somebody. No, 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 he doesn't. He, the fact that Tom Verducci would even write this article tells you where you sit in the baseball hierarchy. And, and how many more failed free agent runs do you need to see firsthand before you're going to realize that the baseball uh, the baseball world does not like nor respect what you got going on here? This city needs us, Larry. Thank God we're on YouTube. Seriously, thank, Seriously. thank God we had this conversation today. And by you way- imagine if we if we had had this segment on KMBR. Oh my God, there'd be Larry Bear would literally be running up Second Street. <laughs> you know what? But get, him off! get him off! I hear people canceling. Get him off! Do something. Make up a lie. I don't care. Did you see what the ticket office did to what? What son of Johnny Lamaster? You know, yes, very, yes, very, very familiar. Good uh, guy. Account. Very, very good guy. Diehard Giants fan. The guy is not a ticket broker. He's a season ticket holder who goes to about 20, 25 games a year. He sells off the rest to pay for oh. the season tickets, and he's selling them all off. All those tickets he's selling off are under face value. They flagged him and basically said, "We're re- we're revoking your tickets, and if we catch you doing this again, we won't even." Even refund you for you. I mean, what the fuck is that way to treat a, 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 a multiple decade long season ticket holder going back to Candlestick? I know. It's unbelievable. By the way, send me this video. I will put this out. Maybe I won't even do my video. Maybe I'll just let this stand. No, but I'm 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 disgusted. I don't 
I don't, per, you know, nobody's personally done anything to me. I've got a lot of, that's the other thing. It really bugs me. When you have passion about something, it, immediately it's like, well, what did Gabe do to you? He didn't do anything to me. He's just an idiot. I mean, I, I, I've got nothing. What did Farhan do to you? Nothing. Nothing except for take over the baseball team that I like and hold it hostage with all these no-names and, you know, sitting there Dixon machadoing me to death with all these no-name, you know, minor leaguers and this parade of crap. I, I just want to see a decent team. Now you had players coming out of your farm system, but, you know, it's like I, I just get the feeling that they're never going to get there. It has been, it has been tedious. Um, uh, normally I look at the last day of the baseball season, regular season as a sad day this year. It's like, get it over with. <sighs> Thank God. <laughs> oh God. And the last thing any real giants fan wants to see is to see them just get absolutely destroyed in the playoffs. I mean, come on, nothing screams. We don't belong louder than the giants. The, and, and if you, and people I've said, Hey, you know, the people have quit. The players have quit playing for Kapler. People are like, no, they haven't. They just got swept by the Colorado Rockies in a doubleheader. <laughs> are you telling me they haven't quit? They've, they have long since quit. Is, that 2021 season is the aberration of hell from hell. Totally. My God. That, what, what's that? That, that is like the mo- biggest aberration. That probably is the biggest sports aberration of our entire life, regardless of sport. You know what, Larry? You know what it is? It's proof that sometimes math lies. I mean, it really is. Well, it's, it's, it's a proof that Buster and Belt and Longoria and Crawford, all those guys had bounce back years. And by the way, who brought all those guys into the into the organization? Sabes. The guy yeah. that you the guy that you said retired. Only that now he's not retired and he's in New York. But Boach retired. Oh, but he's not retired. He's managing in Texas. I mean, that that right there is disgusting. By the that way, really is, that would be like firing Bill Walsh and replacing him with Chip Kelly. <laughs> Seriously, uh, why don't we fire Steve Kerr and and replace him with some analytic dork, you know, sitting 19 rows back? I mean, come on. I mean, that's the, that's what the Giants have done here. I'm going to leave you with this. 33 days until the Warriors tip off. So I guess that's a good enough place to leave this one. God, you don't need our jersey, baby. Superman. They didn't do it, did they? They better not. They're gonna do it. That's. Uh, I'm doing a video on that this morning too. If he takes this afternoon, away, if he I takes leave. away a single minute from Trace Jackson Davis, we're gonna have problems. <laughs> I do love Trace Jackson Davis. I you do love, love Trace, Trace Jackson, Jackson Davis. Davis. I, the question we is, were, Steve Kerr love you, Trace. Jackson. You and I were on the air together when uh, when Trace Jackson Davis trade came down. We we reacted in real time. That was a great moment. It was a great moment. This was a great moment. This was a show. We were just talking a little bit about uh, 49ers and Giants. The conversation pivoted to San Francisco Giants, and I have a level of not since Pete Happy, Pedro Feliz uh, level of anger from from Larry Kruger brewing over here. I'm really glad that we got into your Giants rant, San Francisco Did you like my reenactment of uh, Larry Bear running up 2nd Street? Get him off! Get him off! <laughs> Here's the thing, though. What could he even say that you just said was wrong? I mean, he's got to be as concerned looking at that ballpark as anybody. Because, you know, here's the thing. All the Larry, Larry give me a call, bro. Give me a call. I will help you out. Uh, you know, the- Larry was the guy who had no, no, I mean, Larry's a talented guy. 
but he's not a baseball guy. No. And yet he ran this organization in 1992 with Peter McGowan. And look what happened. They need a new Larry Bear, and I'm their guy. I'm their I guy. I could, I could literally, I could, I could, I'll take the calls. I'll front this thing. I'll get us back on track. I, I promise you, you give me this opportunity, I will put us back on track. So next year, instead of the team slogan being nothing like it, the team slogan should be another Larry. <laughs> right. Another Larry. Giants baseball. Another Larry. <laughs> no, it would be, hey, Larry Kruger's here. He has no experience, but it ain't tedious. It ain't tedious. It won't be tedious. It won't be tedious. It won't be tedious. I'm going to tell you right now, if I manage in baseball these days, I would have a fast team, and I would be running. I mean, I, I would start the merry-go-round out there on those base pads, man. I wouldn't be waiting around if I were the Giants for the three-run home run that never comes. God. Where's the athletes? Where's the speed? Where's the power? What happened to when the Giants come to town? It's bye-bye, baby. Where's that? Where is it? It's 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 not in a lot of inning breaks. Now it's like, hey, the Giants have one guy who's worth watching, but Cap pinch hit for pinch ran for him in the fourth. Hey, at least you've got you know summer Sundays talking you through. <laughs> <laughs> and on that heart hitting show right there, man. On that note, Larry, uh, fair or foul? <laughs> Fair or foul? <laughs> Have a great day today. Have a great day. Get down to Levi's. We'll talk tomorrow. 8 a.m., baby. Sell them one more time. Tell them what we're doing tomorrow morning, Larry. Palmetto Superfoods, 8 a.m. The the 49er wake up for 49er wake up with Damon and myself. We're going at it in the morning. Hopefully, we talk about a Niner win. Otherwise, we'll be losing our shit screaming and yelling but either way it'll be entertaining and uh, you guys will all be there for it i can't wait and i'll be you think i look bad today you know this is after a full night of rest i mean tomorrow i'm gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna be like barely hanging I'm sitting here i probably have a, one of those hats that gives me like a straw that this is <laughs> I mean, Larry, there, there's shows I expect to get out of you, and then there's whatever the hell just happened today. <laughs> Outstanding. You take care, brother. Later, man. There he is, boys and girls. Get yourself another Larry. Which other Larry should we get? We should get Larry Kruger. That's the Larry that you should get. What a performance from Krug today. Just coming in and wrecking shop. By the way, I'm officially now firing up the AMP app. We have not been on AMP so far this morning because it doesn't pick up what my interview would be saying. So we are now officially underway. I am playing How to Kill a Radio Consultant by Public Enemy, which is the official open for the Damon Bruce show on the AMP app. And we do have some things to do over on the AMP app today. Uh, when we get into the VIP lounge of the Damon Bruce show. But man, we're almost at the end of the Damon Bruce show because what could possibly be left to be said after Larry just eviscerated the San Francisco Giants? And like, you know, what did he say that was wrong? I mean, my whole point is, suppose Larry Bear comes running up Second Street. What could he have possibly said about what Larry just said that was wrong? 
He was honest. He was right. And he was on fire. <laughs> he was on fire. That's my man right there. Can you believe that he and I are not on the radio today? How is that even fucking possible? <laughs> oh, I know. You got a lot of people who don't know what they're doing making decisions at radio stations these days. Oh, my God. That was fantastic. That was absolutely fantastic. What a moment from Larry Kruger talking about 49ers and Giants. Kind of interesting. Talking about the death of the San Francisco Giants on the vine was the best 30 minutes of sports talk San Francisco's probably had in a 12-month calendar year. Good God, that was awesome. I'm going to have to put that video out. I was going to be, here's a little uh, uh, Thursday night football preview video. Nah, fuck that. We're going to go with the Giants stuff. Larry was in fuego. <laughs> oh, man. That was great. That was great. I'm glad everyone's feeling all frisky and frosty. Uh, again, the you can feel the tide turning because uh, a whole bunch of local media members finally found the guts to call out something that isn't working. I, you know what? I got to give Bruce Jenkins an awful lot of credit. Bruce Jenkins wrote a, it's time to move on from this regime article about a month ago. And now everyone else is starting to pick up what Bruce Jenkins was putting down. This is something that I've been talking about. This is something that Larry's been talking about. And what do you know? A whole bunch of media members have finally found the topic that we've been on for a while. It's amazing. By the way, it really is amazing how often I will see like a topic that I am bringing up uh, magically appear in the afternoon on radio stations, it's clear that someone who works at these radio stations is still listening to every word that falls out of my mouth, out of Larry Kruger's mouth, and they're going with it as topics. I guess it's a lot It's a lot more economically easier for these radio stations to get their ideas from a YouTube channel than to pay the guys on the YouTube channel to express their ideas themselves, you cheap sons of bitches. Run support per 27 outs this season for currently qualified pitchers. 2.9 for Logan Webb, the worst in Major League Baseball. Logan Webb has more quality starts than any pitcher in Major League Baseball and the worst run support in Major League Baseball. He even looks a little like Matt Cain if you squint, right? I mean, God... That's brutal. Uh, by the way, just on a baseball standpoint, and oh, hi, Amp. I see that we have officially been joined now on Amp. The theme song, How to Kill a Radio Consultant, is over. Uh, How to Kill a Radio Consultant. Uh, why, why don't you just listen to uh, Damon and Larry on YouTube? That'll prove that those consultants really don't know what they're doing. Uh, we have quite a bit of things. A theme from bands in New York City will be our theme today. Uh, and and that's what we're going to do. I, I, I got to suggest to you that all baseball fan anger shouldn't just be pointed at the San Francisco Giants, not when you have that target-rich environment that is John Fisher. Uh, Tim Kewen has taken a full examination of the A's and has documented what a total bullshit artist John Fisher has always been in a very well-thought, well-researched piece 
uh, on ESPN.com. If you're an A's fan, you're going to want to read that. Um, that was great. What do we got here? Irwin saying, dude, <laughs> Larry's rant made me forget hashtags. What? I don't even know. Were you using hashtags there? That's that's fantastic. Crash SF Giants. I will ride or die with Larry at the helm. Seriously. You know, the, the thing that I like about me and Larry is we never, ever take the position that we know more than these people. You know, we know a lot, but we don't know more. But yeah, I, I don't think you could do. How about this? You couldn't be as boring. If all of a sudden Larry Kruger became in charge of the San Francisco Giants, I mean, I don't, I'm not guaranteeing a lot of success there either, but less boring. Yeah, I, I do think that that would absolutely be out there. <laughs> Coletti is GM and Krug is manager. I'm for it. Cosmo. Larry for president. <laughs> Rock a new era 84. Ah, oh, True Blue forever still dealing with jury duty. What a great citizen you are. Chef A dropping fire emojis. G Martinez is right. Larry's been sitting on that for a while. What you just saw... Kids, that's called catharsis. That that's called therapy. I really I should bill Larry for coming on today's show for a a full forty five minute session of therapy. I bet you he is. Like if you told me that right now Larry was in a bathtub with a glass of Chardonnay, kind of crying, feeling a little bit better about himself, I I I think he is. I hope Larry's in a very soothing bubble bath thinking, oh, I got it out. I got it out. I got it out. <laughs> oh, man, that was fantastic. Seriously, not since like sports phone Larry have I heard Larry that fired up about anything. That was awesome. That was awesome. By the way, I did not even notice Gabe Kapler eating in the dugout. By the way, you know what I do hope Gabe Kapler was eating in the dugout, though? How about let's get that guy, forget about the apple, let's get Gabe Kapler sandwich from Ike's. It is officially time for me, uh, now that we're uh, an hour and 15 minutes into the show, to welcome my, by the way, sip of the day off the board. That thing went down early. Look at the residue of that coffee on the bottom of that mug. Probably time to put that in the dishwasher, huh? God almighty. I shouldn't have showed that to you. Eat at Ike's. There's my commercial for Ike's today. Eat at Ike's. You can eat at a lot of places. You should eat at Ike's. You should drink a You should drink whiskey. As a matter of fact, Larry's rant was so good today, it gets a sip. I didn't get a I didn't have a coffee sip of the day. Here's a blackened whiskey sip of the day. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for Larry. Okay. Thank you very much, Blackened. We do love you. It's officially time for you, if you're playing Thursday night football, to get some advice from a man who's been on fire. BottomLineBets.com. Get to Stefan right now. How about this? I know that there are weekly and monthly subscriptions available. Sign up for a day. Sign up right now for tonight. Get his Thursday night picks, and you tell me you didn't come out a winner, okay? 
I mean, maybe you do, maybe you don't. It's called gambling for a reason. But if you'd like advice from a handicapper who is on fire, get yourself to bottomlinebets.com. You'll be awfully happy you did. Sign up for a daily subscription today. Get all of his picks before Thursday night football. I bet you there's a baseball pick put in there too because my man is on fire when it comes to winning baseball. Bottomlinebets.com. And then... Where do you go ahead? Where do you make that bet? How about mybookie.ag? Use promo code Damon, D-A-M-O-N, mybookie.ag. Use promo code Damon. You'll get 50% off your deposit up to $1,000. How does this happen? How do they have a full casino? How do they have all these great prop bets? Well, they're offshore, but they've been around for a very long time, completely trustworthy. Make sure your credit card is approved for international transactions when you sign up to smooth out the process. MyBookie.ag, use promo code Damon. And I want to tell you about my boys and uncle boys. They had another break-in. Uncle boys is a local burger joint in the inner Richmond that was one of the original advertisers here on the Palouse because they are just a one-store, one-off thing. You know, no one's got an advertising budget that goes to infinity when you're working at a local restaurant, okay? So, you know, after our three-month agreement, they said, look, we, we just can't afford to keep advertising with you, Damon, because your audience is going up, your rates are going up, and 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 we love being a part of the plus, but we just can't continue. And then we found a way that they can. They're going to be sponsoring the Good for Ball, Bad for Ball segment that'll happen every single Friday at the end of every Friday show. We're going to dedicate that to the memory of Michael Urban, and Uncle Boys will be appearing as the sponsor of the Good for Ball, Bad for Ball segment going forward. But I wanted to bring them up today because they dealt with another break-in. And we got love for Uncle Boys, and I know that the Plus Army out there does too. Get yourself to Uncle Boys this weekend. They could use the business as they're recovering from a second break-in in as many months. That is devastating for a local small business we're, our heart's going out to you, Uncle Boys, not because we're still in business together, but because we're friends. We're friends with Uncle Boys. We love Uncle Boys. My kind of people, hardworking local people, just trying to do right, doing right by the community, a community that keeps on breaking their fucking door down, and that needs to stop. I'm going to tell you right now, when elected mayor, you might not like uh, uh, my implementation of uh, police uh, business, but we're going to come back to snapping femurs. Like, we're not going to take you to jail. What we're going to do is break your leg and dump you in the middle of Golden Gate Park and wish you luck. Like, it's time for police in this town to start whooping some ass again. I'm sorry. That might not be the most politically correct thing to say, but it's the honest to God's truth. When you let criminals feel like there's no retribution for anything we do, a little slap on the wrist that's the equivalent of paperwork, that's all you're going to give me? You're going to have criminals behaving like they do. It's time to snap some fucking femurs in this town. It truly is. You know, I read the story the other day that, uh, you know, fentanyl overdoses are way up. I don't necessarily feel bad about that. I really, I don't. I don't. If if my mayor campaign won't be very popular with the ultra left because it's going to be called 
extra fentanyl to increase overdoses because these people are better off not being here than being here. And uh, we're going to snap some thing, some femurs as a police force. Oh, but that's police brutality. I'd be like straight up, boys, girls, turn off your body cams, do what you got to do. It's time to clean this city up. And if we got to crack some skulls to get there, I'm willing to get there. I'll be a liberal mamby-pamby on a lot of issues. I got compassion for people who actually want compassion and want help. But if you're just going to refuse help and try to make the world a living hellscape, we going to war against those folks when I'm elected mayor. I wonder how that's playing out on the chat. San Jose Giants fan was like, Larry was disgusted. San Jose Jazz fan, three. He has the right to be. Oh, do we have a first? Boy, if I missed anyone before this, I am sorry, but I just saw we got an AJ Cruz, $3.90. Get Larry a Gatorade. Let's keep him out there. <laughs> Let's get Larry a Gatorade. The Larry Gatorade Fund. Larry's out of breath. He needs a drink. Otis Bird, what a show. What a show indeed. And let me tell you that this show has gone on long enough to where we're going to end it right here because there's another show coming up tonight at the two-minute warning. Join me right back here on the Plus at the two-minute warning. We're going to have an awful lot for you tonight. Uh, before Thursday night football even wraps up, we're going live at the two-minute warning. Tomorrow morning, it's 49ers wake up. Yours truly, Larry Kruger. No San Francisco Giants. San Francisco 49ers and New York Giants will be the focus of that show, brought to you by Palmetto Superfoods. Get yourself to Uncle Boys to take care of them this weekend. Let's take care of each other, and uh, let's love each other, and let's go bang, bang, Niner gang. I think they win tonight. I think they win comfortably, which always makes me start rethinking things because there's nothing easy in the NFL. But really, I love the 49ers position tonight. I love their position to just win the game. I think I like their position to cover a line that has grown to 12 and a half in some places. But I like them. Normally, you give me 12 and a half points with the Detroit Lions. I mean, not this version of the Detroit Lions, the memory of the Detroit Lions. I'll take it. I'll take 12 points with any NFL team, except for the New York Giants tonight at Levi's. I think they're in a bad spot. I think the 49ers are in a good spot. The spot that we're about to bring to you is Club Plus. We're going to be in Club Plus for a minute. Then we're going to the VIP lounge where I got some really good music out of New York City just ready to go for you today. This Thursday afternoon. Thank you so much for tuning in, though, on the podcast. This is where we leave you. We will continue in Club Plus in just a moment on YouTube. Then get to the AMP app, where hopefully you've downloaded that, followed me there. I've asked you to push a lot of buttons. Hit that like on your way out if you haven't hit it already. I would appreciate that. In the meantime, let me please remind you that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that... He's gone. All right. Let's go. I even prepared today. I got the black and sign turned on already, ready to go at the ready. I pinned some messages from a long, long time ago. Uh, this was uh, Money Green 408 saying, bang, bang, plus gang. Thank you very much. 
Uh, someone else wanted to know, like, what the hell is plus? What I don't understand plus. What is plus? It's plus that rhymes with Bruce, and we spell it funny just to confuse our, our good people. We want you to come in and be comfortable, but not that comfortable. You will have to learn some lingo to hang out in the chat. But if you're new to the chat, you're going to find a lot of really cool, nice, like-minded, friendly people waiting for you for the most part. And uh, get used to the word humo. Get used to the word uh, eggments. There's some weird stuff that goes on in the chat. That's why it's the plus, baby. Irwin saying... Uh, I can already hear Pluser saying, crew, get Plusmania too. Yes, Larry will be coming. We will be having a good time on November 5th at Victory Hall. We'll give you more details as we get closer to that. JC Montana says, this duo is like Batman and Robin coming at you. Well, thank you very much, JC. Yeah, that's what Larry and I, here's what we are. I say this with, uh, with, 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 without reservation. We're among the best in the history at what we do in the city that we're doing it in. And sports talk radio is such a mess that they are not in the business of Damon and Larry. Uh, so screw them. We're here to break everything on the Internet going forward. It's going to be an awful lot of fun. Um Uncle boys, hello. Who's going to the game today? Let's meet up and let's tailgate. Need to get my mind off the BS from yesterday. The break in, Uncle boys. We're sending love your way, man. I'm so sorry that you're dealing with that once again. That absolutely, totally just sucks. God almighty. How about this? Maybe it's time to just put in a wooden door. Like, no more glass door for you, Uncle Boys. I don't know what to tell you, man. All right. All right. Always drip saying, uh, you don't want to get me started, man. I'd get canceled everywhere if I were to vent about my giants. Well, <laughs> you know, let's not get you canceled everywhere. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know anywhere where you're being subscribed to anywhere, but let's not get you canceled. But I, I'm telling you, you have the right as a San Francisco Giants fan to be very pissed off with what you're seeing out of that team. I mean, you're in year five now of this regime. You're in year five. It ain't good. Vote for Kruger. <laughs> uh, I do. Now I'm going to think about Larry Bear running up 2nd Street all day. <laughs> Crash SF Giants. When it's time for a change, think pig in a pickle. <laughs> oh, there's some funny people here. They really are. Thank you very much, Crass SF Giants fan. That was great. Yeah, Larry didn't hold back a thing. He really didn't. The uh, San Jose Jazz Fan 3 says uh, Jason Dumas of Cron is saying that a deal with Dwight with the dubs is all but signed. Uh, Dwight was just uh, another workout from Kendra. So is there... Do we know? Do do we know? Do is it is he is he is he is or is he isn't? I don't know. Like here's the thing: do the giant do do the, the the Golden State Warriors need more size? Sure. Do I want that size coming from a 37 year old Dwight Howard? I mean, if the price were right and he was about to come here and not act like a buffoon, maybe. 
Crash SF Giants again. Oh, watching on Twitch, by the way. This is stupendous. Best Damon Bruce show so far. Larry was gold. Indeed, he was. Thank you very much, G. Martinez. Larry was spicy. Yes, he was, Leslie. That was fantastic. In Fuego Kruger, Kim Schaefer. What the fuck is even happening? <laughs> oh, that was great. That was really great. I mean it. I'm gonna have to. I'm. I'm. I'm going to beat Larry's video of Giants outrage by just point posting his Giants outrage on my channel. <laughs> Radio cannot handle the truth. No, I guess not. Guess not. That was awesome, Damon. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was awesome. Again, I I haven't heard Larry that fired up in a long time. This is Gina saying, I still listen, but I feel like they listen to you and they steal your ideas. Look, as a radio host on the air for 18 years in San Francisco, all I can tell you is that stealing ideas from me became a cottage industry in this town. That's all I'm telling you. Stealing ideas from me was a cottage industry. You should, you should have had other radio hosts tithing a certain percentage of their paychecks back to me because I've given them years of content. Again, everyone, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, man. There it is. Next year's Giants theme. Hashtag another Larry. Danny GTV. Now, here's where you lose me. Always drip 805. Logan Webb is a joke. Dude, the support that Logan Webb got was a joke. Logan Webb was awesome this year. You have no idea what you're looking at if you think that Logan Webb was the problem. Logan Webb was the staff ace that you needed him to be. He leads Major League Baseball in quality starts. He has gobbled up more innings than any other pitcher in Major League Baseball. In a world of children starting pitchers, that's a man. Logan Webb had an awesome year. Rockin' New Era 84. Kapler eating some meat sticks. You're chasing a meat stick hard. You and True Blue forever. Just chasing that meat stick hard. I'll tell you what. If the Giants lose... How about it? If the 49ers beat the Giants tonight, Friday, you boys will get your meat sticks when we get into the VIP room. That is the AMP app. We're going to be there in just a little bit. Oh, day drinking. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did a little day drinking. Got some people saying, I'm going to Uncle Boys. Absolutely. Club Plus closed today. Nope, and tomorrow. No, Club Plus not closed, baby. It's happening right now. But the VIP room's about to go down as well. So make sure you're over there on the AMP app. What do we got? We don't need any commentary about Mayor snapping femurs, spiking fentanyl. But at the same time, here we go from Rick Mighty Bone Feliciano. Damon, I'm really glad to hear you say it's time to do what we got to do with these criminals. Again, look, I am on the side of treating everyone fairly. 
until we've started living a life where we're taking blatant criminality and trying to figure out a way to treat that fairly too. I don't like anyone being taken advantage of by an overzealous police department. I don't. But what I don't like being seeing happen either is overzealous criminals taking advantage of a now total pussified police department. Sometimes you got to whoop some fucking ass to get your message across. That's just the way it is in life. Again, wait until you see San Francisco under the Damon Bruce regime. And this is the honest to God's truth. Damon's a regular person. He's conservative about some things. He's liberal about other things. What a concept. He thinks for himself. There you go, right? There you go. What a concept. Eggments. Again, Eggment. I don't get the Eggments thing. Larry just misspoke. There is no such, there is no Eggment. Eggment. What the hell is this going on? <sighs> All right. Working on a gate if the landlord approves. Uncle boys, let me tell you, tell your landlord right now. How about this? We're going with the gate or you're paying for any and all future break-ins that we have to deal with. Irwin, Damon Godzilla, Larry King Kong, hashtag another Larry, baby. <laughs> Uh, buffoon. There's an underword used or an underused word. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Anyone else jingle jangle down? No one else jingle jangled down. That's all right. You can save your jingle jangles. Uh, you, you save your jingle jangles for a little bit later on tonight because we're going to be coming back at you in a big time way at the two minute warning. I hope to see you right back here. We're going to spend hours together today. We're going to spend about another hour together on the AMP app because I got some good music out of New York City to play to you for you to honor the fact that Big Blue is in town. Shush. What's shush say right here? Shush. Damon. Same thing happened in Chicago. Things need to change. Dude, again, sometimes, sometimes Chef A, Chef A, Damon, clearly, you grew up in Chicago. Let's bring back the mob to control the crime. That's what I'm talking about. By the way, I didn't grow up in Chicago. Born in Chicago. Grew up in upstate New York. We dealt with criminals, too. By the way, the city of Schenectady had, like, the most corrupt police force you've ever seen, so much so they made a movie about it called, uh, what, Between the Pines or whatever it is? Uh, a lot of criminality in that police force, but you know what? Not a lot of crime in Schenectady. Why? Because they would find someone breaking in, they'd break his arms and leave him, you know, good luck with that. Drop him off in the middle of the forest with two broken arms. Thanks for coming. Might want to take your business elsewhere. San Bruno Mike. Damon, you really are the Bay Area's ghostwriter. There's plenty of sampling going on. Oh, is that what they're, is that what they're talking, calling the samples? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Here we go. Here we go. 
We're going over to the AMP app. I got some good stuff for you. Thank you so much for being here today. Come on back tonight at the two-minute warning on the Plus. And then again, tomorrow morning, Friday morning, 8 a.m., Bruce and Kruger simulcasting on both of our channels, the single best day after reaction show you're going to get anywhere in the NFL. It's 49ers wake up, 8 a.m., on YouTube. Be there. Thank you so much for being here today. Get over to that AMP app. I got some good stuff for you. In the meantime, uh, you do not have to go home. You just can't stay here. I'll see you at the two-minute warning tonight.